Time once again, the away team podcast here on Press Basketball. My name is Phil Buello, aka Sporting Phil. I'm James Holis, aka J Holis Hoops. And it's time to talk about a little NBA injury edition. And I'm uh, lovingly calling this one Are Injuries Potentially Good for the NBA? We had three big injuries happening in the last little bit one Kevin Durant, Kyle Lowry, and Joel Embiid. And I wanted to kind of dive into each. And see if A, there could be kind of a glass half full argument and B, where it kind of leaves us. So I think I think the biggest one that comes out uh, was obviously Kevin Durant. Uh, we saw uh, Zaza f- fall into him. We all saw the pictures of KD in the wheelchair. Um, what were your first thoughts and, and, and just like what started going through your head when you saw that? Okay, so everybody be warned this might be the worst podcast in the history of podcasts because I... I can't imagine how we could say an injury to one of your marquee players is good for the NBA. So I'm interested to see on where you go with this one, buddy. But um, yeah, my first thought, I, I felt bad. I felt bad for him. And um, in a way, this this whole season for Golden State's been kind of underwhelming. And I, I can't figure out why I feel that way. I think last year we saw them play so well, and then adding Kevin Durant, I just I was you know I think everyone pictured these dizzying heights that they're going to reach. And while they've touched them at times, and you know the 50 point quarter. A couple of games when they all kind of went off and just buried teams. They also, I think they've, they've, the fact that they have more losses and more disappointing losses this season than they had last season with Kevin Durant this season, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of underwhelming. So, uh, yeah, and same with Kyle Lowry. So the, the Kyle Lowry injury, I never, you know, feel anything positive about it. It just, I do understand what you're saying. The fact that it makes the season more interesting because, you know, we all, we all said, hey, the top of the West is Golden State. Top of the East is Cleveland, and you know Toronto's a distant second, and that's about it. And and so it, it adds a little a variance and, and makes everything look, makes I guess seem a little more competitive. Um, but yeah, it's I like to see I like to see the best teams at full strength, and when we don't get the team at full strength, I, you know, I, it, to me it kind of cheapens the season. Now, see, I, I completely agree with you on that level, and maybe I didn't preface it well with 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 the. Um with the idea with Golden State. I don't think it makes them better. I think the league, in terms of which kind of touched on there, with parity, right? Because most people are looking at this and they're like, KD and Golden State are just going to bowl their way through. Cleveland's going to bowl their way through. Maybe you had teams like San Antonio or, 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 the, or the Rockets who could take a game or two here, but you wouldn't be that surprised. Uh, 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 but really, sorry, if they if they want, beat either one of these teams, it would be a huge surprise. Same with Boston, same with, same with the Raptors. But now it kind of gets interesting because in the West, what if cause people keep kind of sleeping on the Spurs, right? And, and they're saying like against Golden State in the playoffs, they wouldn't be enough. But but you have to look at they're not actually that far back in terms of the standings. And and a couple things kind of pile up there. So if we know and, and from everything I'm reading that KD is going to be healthy for the playoffs, which, you know, cross fingers because uh, we all want to see th- that second season because I think we all agree regular season, the playoffs are two different beasts. Um if if San Antonio can take that number one seed, I think that makes it interesting because a 
San Antonio is going to get to play the eighth seed, who maybe is a little bit worse. I mean, you know, if the Pels get in there and Boogie just starts rolling, who knows? But I think this makes the road a little bit tougher for Golden State. They may have to play OKC first round, and they may have to play James Harden. And, and it may be a tougher kind of playoffs coming up. And on top of that, I think what's what people are not talking about, and maybe it's not legit, but do you think this gives Kawhi Leonard a shot at that MVP if they win the, uh, the number one seed? Uh, for sure. For sure. But I guess my thing, again, is let's say, you know, you're saying now San Antonio has a shot. And I know Spurs fans won't care, and I know a lot of NBA people won't care, but me personally, I mean, sure, I will honestly say, you know, Spurs deserve to win. They won. But when it's – they won, but Kevin Durant wasn't healthy or he wasn't there. He went 100%. You know what I mean? I, I, I like That's why I like the last the, the last series so much with Cleveland and Golden State. They were all healthy. Sure, Dre got himself suspended. You know, that's on him. And, uh, and even so, even now people will say, oh, well, if Bogut didn't get hurt, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. I like to see teams full strength, man. And, and again, you're saying it's better for the NBA. Having Kevin Durant on the floor, the league is better, no matter how you how we slice it. Um, people people pay to come see him. He's a great player. He's, he's you know he's part of the legacy of the NBA. He's, he's what makes the NBA so fun to watch. So anytime we're missing greatness on the floor, I, I think it makes the NBA just a little bit worse. See, I I agree with what you're saying, but I kind of feel in a certain way that giving that slight glimmer of hope to that other teams. Uh, to those other teams can make the average fan kind of more excited for the regular season. Listen, if he was gone for the playoffs, I I, I would be destroyed, uh, and I would be like, no, this is this is not what, what was supposed to happen. But from everything I'm reading, he's supposed to be there, and I'm thinking, what happened? Like, if they get the number one seed and KD comes back early and they just lock it up, and they can get through these season series, maybe Russ doesn't get past round one. I think there's some exciting bits of, of playoff basketball that like really could happen, and and I get what you're saying, but we're still gonna see him in the playoffs, and and so all those things like like the what ifs in the final to bogey, like 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 that's a separate conversation. This like 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 I'm really just talking regular season, right? And I'm saying to maximize the fandom and 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 the parody that that goes into that, because if he never got hurt. I think people are kind of sleeping on this year's NBA. From what I'm seeing, the ratings are a bit down in a lot of in, in a lot of in a lot of teams, a lot of games. And when you look at the week to week, are people as excited about about non-Cleveland Golden State games as they have in the past? Like, like I don't know. I was just looking at a couple numbers, and I was just a bit worried for it. And and when I see that drop off, then people start licking their chops. Now, w- whether it's legit or not. To your like your point has a lot of sense to it, but people don't always have to take sense into fandom, right? So if you think your your Spurs or your Rockets or your Jazz or your Clippers now have that space to maybe come up and, and shuffle it around, I don't know. I I I can see that creating more people watching more games. And again, I don't give a damn about parody. I want to see dominant teams do dominant things. So. Um... I mean, I like having you know the fact that KD makes that offense so much better. We just saw them lose to Chicago, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, no matter what people say about oh Steph's the best warrior, no Kevin Durant is, and I think playing off Kevin oh, yeah. Durant makes Steph look like the best warrior at times this season. But Kevin Durant's the best oh. warrior. I think we're seeing that. Oh, absolutely. Right so yeah, I was just saying that. Uh, yeah, I, I I I would. There's there's. And on no planet is the league better with Kevin Durant sidelined. And that's just me. I get what you're saying. You're saying from a competitive standpoint, all that. I, I don't. 
I don't know. I just I, I just don't agree with that because it, it's almost like you're saying. You know what? You ever seen this movie called uh, Vampire in Brooklyn? Uh, uh, that's Eddie Murphy, no? It is Eddie Murphy. There's a whole scene where he, he's he's acting like a pastor, right? And he's you know he's doing this whole spiel, and basically he you know he's a pastor, but he ends up trying to say evil is good. Oh, I remember that. The devil is good. <laughs> Without evil, you don't have good. You know, and so. That's kind of, I feel like that's what you're what you're what you're, you're trying to you're like arguing a kind of logic where yeah having good players out is actually good for the league and that's I think it's, that's just, <laughs> it, it just doesn't hold up for me man it oh man that seems like etched in my mind now hey listen uh, you brought up an interesting point though uh, when they lost the uh, to Chicago just as a side caveat before we go back I actually like how Chicago is playing now with Portis and Grant and all them like like I kind of like how they've kind of restructured in a weird way like. Are these bulls a little bit more interesting to you now than they were? No, no, not at all. Uh, no, uh, maybe it's just me wanting, uh, wanting the kids to play. Yeah, I mean, it's I guess in the in the in the aspect of all right, we're getting to see more of Portis because I think people have asked about him and like you said, the kids are playing. That's I I guess on some level that's interesting, but it's Jimmy Butler with less talent around him, and I think he deserves better. You know, and I don't know what they're trying to do and what they're planning on doing. And he's good enough, and Dwayne Wade are good enough, and some nights they're going to win a couple games they shouldn't, but they probably, you know, they're no. So no, it's I don't like watching them play. No, I'm, I'm good off that. Yeah, At, I'm actually I'm um, on that same note. Um, I saw a couple of rumors saying how there's going to be a decent chance that uh, they're going to try to move either Butler or Paul George is going to get moved in the off season. Which you know, people who follow us know that they're two of our favorite players. Um, so, uh, so for various reasons, I guess Paul George kind of talking about, you know, he may want to go to LA and if they can't surround him with the right stuff, um, and then, and Butler's in, uh, uh, been in a few kind of, uh, trade rumors. Uh, like if you had to give your kind of like crystal ball prediction for both those guys, like, like, are they going to get moved for younger pieces to rebuild or are they going to stick with that and just like, and just play out the end of the contract and hope for the best. Like specific, specifically Paul George there because it, it runs up sooner. I think Paul George is uh, he's going to go. He just doesn't seem happy. His his play is like you can tell when somebody's just not happy at their job. And, and I'm not saying he's going through the motions at all. He's trying. I think Paul George has been a professional about it. But you can just tell from the what things he says and uh, and, and maybe I maybe I'm playing the armchair psychologist, right? Just from his body language and. I think taking the ball out of his hands, uh, Jeff Teague taking the ball out of his hands, is, he's not comfortable now. He just doesn't seem very comfortable. And he looks around at the other guys that he wants to be like. You know, look, LeBron's adding guys and you know to a championship contender already. Mm-hmm. And and he's he, he's not. You know, and he, he keeps saying he, – he, he stopped short of saying, hey, I'm gonna, I want to stay here for my career. He said before, but now it's like I want to play for a contender. If I can help this team, you know, win a championship, yeah, I want to be here. What? That's kind of where his, the tact he's taken. And I think Indiana's going to have to make a really tough decision, right? Because he's up in 2000. Is he up in 2018? Yeah. Yeah. He's got one more year. It's just like with the Westbrook thing when they were saying if he doesn't extend now, you know, we might have to just move him. Um, I I never thought about that. But, yeah, the closer you you let him go through the summer, start playing, and then you try to move him, every day you you go, his value goes down a little bit because he can, you know, he can do whatever he wants. And there's that injury risk, too, and all the rest. Yeah, I think uh, Butler's under contract for another like two two years. I think he is three years. He is, uh, uh, but again, it's that same kind of thing. Like, are they trying to are they trying to rebuild contend now? Like, like the fact that his name's been in there, and they just have and people haven't met the price. 
like like you have to think there's some kind of like reality to that game. I, I again, I th- I think we were un- I think you're underestimating the Chicago front office. They're about the bottom line, and as long as they have Jimmy Butler, people will come watch them play. A lot more than we'll watch them play than if they didn't have Jimmy Butler. I'm not saying they oh, yeah. pack the house, but you know. So I, th- I I think, and this is kind of my thing with Westbrook too. When you have a star of that caliber, you don't just let him go because okay, well we're not really winning a lot, so let's just move him for pieces. That's just it's it's so hard getting a star in the NBA that you know when you get a guy of their caliber, I don't think you just release them like yeah. that. So although uh, what would be a really interesting thing to me is I remember we were trying well or more I was trying my crazy trade ideas to get Paul George over to Minnesota. Wouldn't that be a, like a weird thing to put to push him for a couple of their young guys, maybe Levine and Wiggins or something, or done, or whatever, some combination, like for that expiring, and just to be like, hey, you can come here, you'll get that draft pick this year, Coach Tibbs, Carl Anthony Towns, this can start being that situation. It's no Cali, but it, you know, if he's used to Indiana, Minnesota, you know, like. I think that would be an interesting spot. It would be really, really tough, like, in my mind, uh, to say no to that type of situation. I guess the problem with that is, again, he's, he's you know, right in his prime. Uh, and I, as good as Towns is, and, you know, then it's him and Towns, right? And, and we've seen it. It takes more than two. And you're going to the tougher West. And Golden State's still there. I mean, did I guess long-term, I mean, let, let's be real. Towns is better than, than Miles Turner, right? Yeah. He is. But I mean, now your situation is basically a slightly upgraded team you know, with with Colin Towns, but you're in a tougher conference. So did you really? What would be really it? interesting in my mind is if you did that, and you're also able to sign someone who we both love in George Hill, who's a free agent, and then that becomes, and then if you could somehow ship Rubio out and get George Hill, then you have Hill. I, I really wanted. I wanted. This is a quick aside. I wanted them to move Rubio for Rose. Yeah. I wanted that to happen for two reasons. One, just for the chaos of it, because I know the efficiency crowd would have, you know, <laughs> heads would have exploded. At the Sloan Conference right now, there'd be people crying into, you know, into bottles of whiskey about it. And two, look, I get it. Uh, you know, the more efficient a, a system is, the better it is. I get it. In the real world, systems don't operate at 100%. No. Or even 90%. There's a certain amount of loss needed, and I get that Rubio does all these things great efficiently, but the guy can't score. And you, I, I'm sorry, I get it that in the vacuum he's he's quote unquote you know efficient. Look at the numbers and the advanced stats; he's better than Derrick Rose. I don't think you can tell. Well, he's me much better defender. Adding a guy, yeah, he's a better defender, obviously, but in that system, what they they need a point guard who can score. Yeah, and I get it. Rubio does all these things well, but I don't think that team. Is worse with Rose and Rubio, and it might even make him better. I don't no, know. Um, actually, I completely agree with you. And I actually think one step further, I actually think he'd do wonders in Kristaps' development because having him to feed Melo if they're going to keep him and Kristaps really allows that offense to be centered around those two with a guy who can really facilitate that. I don't know. I think that could be interesting. Yeah, it would have been, and you know, I, but I get it. Uh, you know. Whatever Rubio, they love Rubio in in Minnesota. So, all right. Well, speaking of point guards, uh, we touched on it for a second. Uh, Kyle Lowry going down um, uh, in Toronto. Uh, we uh, there's a uh, Corey Joseph playing backup point guard. Uh, uh, recording tonight, they actually took Washington by uh, eight points, and and uh, Corey Joseph's a capable point guard. He got 15 points in the game. Uh, Demar Derozan at 32 and 13, He's blowing it up. Uh, Abaka. Came in with 14 and 8. It kind of seems like he never gets over that. Norman Powell stepping up. 
do you think this is one of those situations if he comes back that that because what we're saying with how much of the ball Lowry and DeRozan were kind of you know how many of those possession shots all the rest this allows those new guys to come in Abaka Powell and all these guys to really flourish and get kind of an, an offensive understanding so that when he comes back like do you think this can help the Raptors uh, playoff shot um no I, I, I get what you're saying but it helps these guys but I think that's just a stat thing I think you want them you you would rather throw them in the environment with what's going to be there and get them reps right now versus getting reps you know all of a sudden you just throwing a 23 point game score and like all right so you guys got used to this and now we're going to do this you know what i mean yeah. uh they're all pros i think they'll be fine but no yeah i definitely i'm glad they can i think for the team i guess it's a little better because you know now they've while they lost him they've also added reinforcement so it shouldn't be that bad but yeah they're going to check and change their whole style of play when he comes back you know they're not going to be used to it so it's going to be like a Let's hope to get him back. You know, with a little time. When is he supposed to be coming back? You know, uh, I didn't see the exact timeline, but um, like it's his wrist there, right? But he, like he was playing with it for a bit, even in the All Star game. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's a pretty tough guy with lagging injuries. Um, what's interesting to me is like even with these guys, like like obviously they're beating like Washington tonight, but it's still like it's still making me question now with the addition of you know. Uh, uh, Deron Williams and Bogut with Cleveland. Like I'm just looking at it, and as hopeful as I think I was with the Ibaka trade, I, like I think I I'm just looking at how, like how good Deron Williams is looking on that team, and I'm just wondering, man, like there was such like 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 I think it's that parody monster in me who just really wants someone to be like in that class, but it's just it it it's tough to believe in the Magic, man. In the Magic or Toronto. On the magic uh, uh, um, uh, of a team like Toronto or Boston, who who can, uh, who can actually stand that's up? That's what. That's what I don't. I, I don't care what people say, and I get what you're. And I'm glad you're saying that because I'm so sick of hearing. Well, this is you know, Cleveland's look. But they're doing it without Kevin Love and J.R. Smith right now. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sick of hearing Cleveland's vulnerable. They have LeBron James. You know, I think tonight uh, they said like this season has been. I don't know, like maybe 200. Or, or not even 200, like, I don't know, 21 games of 20, like 21.7 rebounds, five assists, no turnovers. Um, you know, it's only, it hasn't been that many games like that this season. And LeBron did that in the first half tonight. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I think people just somehow, the further we get away from the playoffs, you know, in that finals he just had, they start kind of forgetting and normalizing him as, oh, well, maybe – He's LeBron James. Player. Well, I think they've been doing and, that and all his career. Like, like, like the fact that he doesn't have, they have. Like, like the fact that he doesn't have the MVP every single year is is speaking to what you just said, right? Well, neither did Mike, and if Mike's not, then he's not either. But <laughs> uh, no, the point, like, like I guess, like around this time of year, you know, God, Boston needs Jimmy Butler. They need Jimmy Butler so they can challenge because they're contenders. They're right there, and no, they're not. Yeah, Boston with Jimmy Butler would be a lot better. And you know, is is that a game or two? Sure, you know, and. But, you know, I'm hearing, oh, yeah, you know, no, no, he's he's killed Jimmy Butler. He's killed Paul George. He's he, he's a bad man. Yeah, no, he's a bad man. In tonight's game, he, like, had <clears throat> another monster stat line of 38 and 13 with eight assists. And Kyrie, for, like, 43 points and nine assists. I'll, I'll, I'll get this stat line for Kyrie. 14 of 21 shooting, five for eight, three, f- uh, four steals and a block, and 10 for 10 free throw. This guy is just bawling, like, out of control. Like, Kyrie Irving is 
a monster right now. Oh, LeBron James was six from ten from three. This guy, he he, he LeBron James had a better percentage from three point than free throw today. Yeah, um, it's you know they're toying with teams right now, and I think they're planning out they're going to start maybe dialing back LeBron and Kyrie in a minute. You know, you might see some others. You know, I guess some quote-unquote, bad Cleveland losses, but they don't yeah. care. These guys just bombing threes. Like, I'm just looking up and down the roster. They're just, like, eating them up. Um, uh, no, you're completely right. Like, like LeBron James is just, uh, like, in that spot. All right, so that's probably not good news for the Raptors fans, especially because uh, you want to see some more good stuff in the regular season. Now, I'm a guy everyone's cheering for, and, and we're, we're going to have the same conversation because – we have to trust the process for uh, for a second, and maybe some people thought that uh, Joel Embiid playing so well was actually hurting their chances with such a loaded draft this year. We're, we're talking about Fultz, we're talking about Ball, um, Joel Embiid going down, saying he's going to be down for the entire season, hurts them. It's a big loss on a lot of levels. Uh, uh, they're still kind of cruising on some level on 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 some levels. Like like this is a really well coached team. And uh, Dario Saric is, is is looking like like a steal of the draft there, and and, and a really savvy um, other move by Sam Hinkie, by the way. Uh, we traded Alfred Payton for him on draft day. Um, do you think this was good or bad for the 76ers in like obviously not just this uh, uh, this season, but kind of going forward? Uh, it's troublesome. Uh, it's a little worrying because you'd want to see him at least play half the season. You know, they're sitting him and all that. So that you wanted to see him play. Uh, I guess the good thing is that, you know, he had, he had what, foot surgery? And this is, you know, a knee mm-hmm. thing. And it's, you know, it happens. Same, it's almost the same thing happened to KD, right? The bone bruise yep. and, you know, slight, I think it's like MCL tear or whatever. Not the end of the world. Uh, it happens to players. So it also helps them. You know, even though I guess they had the rights to the pick swap, it helps them with their draft because they they want a great pick this year. They want they want to get that winger guard, and I, I that's that's good. For oh them, yeah, so. they have that pick swap, and that's dirty with the uh, Sacramento dropping. God, the Kings. Yeah, the Kings are so stupid. Oh man, man. That's amazing. But, um, <laughs> and again, like you said, it's letting Sario. This the this the really cool thing about NBA and teams and chemistry and 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 just you know team building. They looked atrocious to start the season philly was just bad they were bad and be playing or not they were bad he had some flashes whatever and now even without him playing they're beating you know and, and challenging good teams and it shows you what one person because that's him he, he he imbued them with a lot of confidence and he he had enthusiasm and he had the them kind of believing in themselves so even when he sat they're beating teams and that's amazing. They, you know what I mean? They, they beat they beat the Knicks. Yeah, three. they beat them by three and uh yeah Dario Saric 21 and uh and 10 and he's definitely, you know, it's funny because Embiid, I, I guess the spirit of MVP, I mean not MVP, of Rookie of the Year, I understand. I don't think he should win Rookie of the Year if he only plays 31 games, even though he's the best rookie, obviously. Oh, yeah, hands down. I, I, I don't think it's really fair if he gets it, especially, you know, season injury, I yeah. guess. But, but Dario Saric might step right in and get it. Yeah, he's been looking good. And this and uh, Jill Oak for 12 and 8 kind of boosting his, his value. And even uh, Justin Anderson, the guy they got in the Noel trade, had 19 and five. And uh, this guy, um, I'm gonna botch the last name, but the guy they got in the draft, uh, Luwawu Kabarot, had 10 and nine. And I really liked him as another offensive wing, who could be like a good three and D guy. So, um, I mean, to me, 
this team is a, is a dynamic point guard, ideally a scoring point guard, away from being like a really exciting future team. Because you know you got Sarge coming in, uh, coming into his own. You got Simmons coming in next year off that injury, and people are really hyped on him. And in my mind, if you can pull a Fulter Ball and pair him with Sarge and Simmons, and then not Ball, not Ball, not Ball. I, I think you want if you want Fultz or somebody like even Monk before you. Get Ooh, ball. you take Monk over. Over ball? No, not normally, not normally. But Philly, if you're in Philly, because you, if if Simmons is gonna be your point forward, what what are you gonna do with ball? But he's you such know, a good and, shooter. And also, no, he's I, he's a good college shooter. Have you? I don't know if that's gonna translate. And I get it because you know, the, the numbers are what they are. He's, he's shooting over forty percent from three, but he shoots from like across his face and like he he dips it way down below his waist. I don't know, dude. I I'm not as high on him as a lot of people. Yeah. Are. So yeah, I, I will. Would, I agree with you. I, uh, 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 that Fultz would be the guy. Like, if I had the number one pick and I was Philly, like, like I don't care how high or low um, I am on ball, Fultz would be my guy because him and Simmons to me would be a really, really dirty future. I like those guys coming yeah, to I just, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around ball being a, a good pro. I mean, he's going to be a good, a decent pro. I don't think he's, I don't know about how much of a star I see him because Fultz, uh, Fultz, I think you're right. He's the full package um, as far as, as a scoring guard, score first kind of guard. I, uh, he's he's good size too. He's like six. Yeah, four, he's six. Five, he, six. He's six four. Like he's kind of like a little bit taller. Bledsoe, like we said, with a beautiful like. Um, um I was watching this. this um, uh, What'd you call him? Uh, like a what? Uh, 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 I'm a bigger Bledsoe. Oh no! No 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 no! No, you don't like that. I don't. I don't see that one at all. Um, I guess because his shooting and he's such a much he's so so much of a better shooter and a smoother athlete than Bledsoe, even though and then Bledsoe's such a powerful athlete and it's like yeah I don't I don't I don't, I don't okay that's fine I guess okay I see well I was just saying more of a stockier build and he's he's, he's pretty muscular he, uh, yeah it's true but Fultz has a little bit more of a kind of hesitation dribble and he's got that beautiful shot like uh, uh, there was this great uh, uh, breakdown on uh, uh, b ball breakdowns I know you're right for and uh, Coach Nick actually did a great video that I was watching. Um, and, yeah, and Fultz looks like the real deal. If they could pull them together and then either, you know, with Sarge and Simmons, and then you have either Okafor or Embid come back and do their thing, that could be a really, really, really dirty. No, it has to be Embiid come back to his thing. If it's Okafor, then I'm not, I'm not feeling if you have, team If you all. have Fultz, Sarge, Simmons, and they're healthy doing their no, thing. No, no. Interesting. No, no. He doesn't rebound. He doesn't defend. You know, I mean, it, it's that's been the, the the running thing. Like, I'm trying to figure out where would he be really effective, and it's going to be off the bench for somebody. I think this is I've it's, I've never seen a player go from you know hyped and, and lauded in college to just unwind the NBA as fast. But you, it just where does he fit? Oh, okay, yeah, you know, fair. I mean, look, you, you got you got Simmons and Fultz, and you're going to be running up and down the court, and then you got this plotting. <laughs> just you know, trying to keep to be up. Fed in the post. Wait up, boys. Yeah, and then. <laughs> And what are you going to do with you know what Simmons going to do while he's pounding your way on the on the on the box? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's not he, he's not just hanging out the three point line like give me. Yeah, no, that uh, that's a tough one. Oh man, uh, that means they have to trade Okafor. Everyone knows they have to trade Okafor, and he doesn't fit if they don't. Man, they should have kept Noel. That was some dumb stuff. I don't know why they did that. 
You know why? And it's this is the funny thing, right? Because they killed Hinky for so long, and now they they applauded Colangelo. I don't think Colangelo's doing a good job. I think Colangelo's doing a terrible job. I will say he right. was given the golden goose, and he somehow turned this into like some like decrepit pigeon. Like, like I I don't know. Like as a guy who used to cheer for for Toronto, Colangelo's the dude who drafted Bargnani, right? So. He, he's, I don't know. I think his dad has that big name because of uh, USA Basketball, and people give him way too much credit. I, I never thought Colangelo was that good. Yep. And, uh, yep, I kind of feel bad for Philly fans because uh, Hinky set him up on the, you know, he said he, he, he floated that, that, that easy pitch right down the middle for him. And I, I don't know if Colangelo's, is he willing, is he, will he, Make the moves or strike out. I don't know if he's gonna be. He, I don't know if he's the guy to, to hit that home run. So. Yeah. Well, that's uh, man. Oh, poor Philly. Poor Philly. <laughs> they so deserve better. All right. So, well, in the show, we're talking about uh, Katie. We're talking about Lowry. Talking about Embiid and a whole lot of guys who are uh, not feeling well and their teams aren't feeling well because of it. If you want to put the comments at the bottom of of how of how you feel this goes down, uh, do you agree disagree with one of us? Uh, and you can always hit us up on Twitter, Hoops for my man here, and at Sporting Phil for myself. I want to thank you for joining us for another one. I can't believe you guys keep doing this. <laughs> Everybody yell at Phil. Yell at Phil about trying to say that these people being injured is good for the NBA. Make sure you scream Bring it, boys and girls. We're, uh, we're equal opportunity haters. All right, we'll catch you next time, guys. Peace.